Hello, and welcome to Best Sips Worldwide. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, an American travel writer living in London. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. Ordering a gin and tonic at Mr. Fogg's Tavern in London is a little like taking a trip around the world in 80 days, potentially life-changing. Thank goodness bar manager Filippo Previero is there to take control of the gears as you delve into gins unknown. Here he joins us today to tell us how he made the journey from Italy to the wilds of Covent Garden. While I was uh, in high school, I started working behind bars at the age of 16 years old in a little bar in my town. And what is uh, your town? Uh, it's called Novate Milanese. It's a little town for, uh, just nearby Milan. It's about 50 minutes away from Milan. Um, just starting this little bar making Negronis and Aperol Spritz in a very <laughs> traditional way. Uh, no jiggers, no metal pure, but just straight from bottles. Uh, so yeah, that's how I started my, my passion, building my passion. And then I hardly finished my high school. <laughs> so there was no reason for me to carry on, but uh, thanks to my mom I finished it. And then rather than go to university, I started uh, bartending academy. Well, at 16 is pretty young to know that you young. want to work at a bar. Yeah, that's Was this pretty... something that you knew I don't know, younger I've been, I've or been, why I've, were you drawn I've to it? I've been always quite amazed on um, the hospitality and the bars itself, the structure of the bars. And maybe even because my mom used to run um, uh, a sportswear shop, so there were always contact with people. And there was this kind of relation with customers and clientele. And I was a kid. I always been there pretty much all the time in the afternoon helping my mom talking to customers. So probably this is something that helped my my passion. Um, so yeah, age of 18, about age of 18, I started this uh, bartending academy. And then I after school, I started working straight away in a daytime job. But in the meantime, I found as well a second job, which was my passion, basically working in a bar during the weekend and sometimes during the week. And this little town outside of Milano, was it busy? Were there a uh, lot of it was it's this people? bar this bar is pretty kind of famous, not because of the quality of, of the drink itself, but it's because of the offer. So you do uh, they open from breakfast until until the evening, but on a Sunday and after six PM there is the there is the experience of the aperitif. So you go there, you 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 order your upper spritz for Euros, something and like you that. ate all night. And you can, and basically, you, you order these uh, little plates of mm -hmm. uh, charcuterie for a euro, mm -hmm. and you can just carry on filling up. So, at the end, it's pretty cheap, very right, right. uh -huh. and everyone just get fooled. Uh, so, it was very crowded, um, and it's been a great school for me, mm -hmm. basically. Uh, and then, at the age of after, after the academy. Uh, working during the day, working at night in a, in a club in Milan, uh, working on the weekend. It was just a club, so basically it was volume. Uh, but you get known how to work in busy places. And then after, let's say, a year, 
of uh, working in Milan, just started working in different bars in Milan. Uh, I just decided to pack my stuff. My mom got really sad <laughs> <laughs> and just packed my stuff and decided to, to have this new experience in London. Which is not so far away for Which your is not, mom. No, it's, right? not far, it's not far away. Uh, it's pretty close. You can easily go to. She just can't make you lunch or dinner on <laughs> Sunday, right? You know, after after five years of London, this is when uh-huh. I start, think sometimes you miss. <laughs> How long ago was that? Uh, so it was 2011. All right. So it's five years now. Um, so 2011, I go here. I I found a job after probably a day, in in London, pretty easy. It was in a pub in uh, in Regent Street. Uh, it was pretty tough. Uh, my English wasn't so good. Well, school English, so mm-hmm. pretty basic. I had this manager from, uh, I think it was from uh, Bir- Birmingham or Wales. Couldn't understand anything of what he says. I understand that. When I first moved here, <laughs> forget it's it. Crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was kind of, it was a kind of barbec. Uh, taking glasses around uh, on the glass washer, doing deliveries, like 50, 60 kegs of beer every Tuesday. <laughs> Mental, uh-huh. and then after two weeks, I found my job. I found a job in uh, Bunga Bunga, which is Inception Group, and from there, basically, I started my my career in, in Inception Group. So I started as a barbeck, I moved as a, a bartender after a few just few months. Were you drawn to London when you were younger because you knew it was uh, um, kind of the home of cocktails and the cocktails growing? I had, I had growing? friends. I had friends who were mentioning saying about that London was. Was a different was a different environment mm-hmm. was a different reality. Um, so I said, yeah, why not? They, they told me there was big opportunities of jobs in London, uh, especially in bars. Um, so I said, just let's go. Mm-hmm. And how amazing that you it. got in with the Inception Group. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It was been quite lucky as well, I think, mm-hmm. because Bunga Bunga was just open uh, what, two weeks before I got there. So was everyone Italian? Pretty much, yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh-huh. Uh, was pretty much everyone Italian. Where I found basically my best friends in there as well. Uh, we were basically all the bar team. We were living together, um, and with Danilo, who is the GM of uh, Tavern and Mr. Fox uh, Residence as well, uh, we just start living together, and we basically we became brothers. Um, and then, yeah, from, from Dubai, I go back in London and I got a call again from Inception Group. They knew I was back. They were like, oh, there is some positions open in Mr. Fox residence as a bartender. And that was kind of the dream. Mr. Fox residence for a bartender is a dream. You have over, it is a dream of you have over 500 different products. Mm-hmm. The bar itself, it's just amazing. You, can, you have everything behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, because so, yeah. as some as a consumer, it's also amazing as well. It's amazing for us as well working uh-huh. there. I remember the first time when I got back in London. Uh, it was about May. Uh, I went to visit Danilo. Um, I didn't see any picture of the place. I just he just told me by phone that uh, the company decided to open this this bar um, themed on um, around the world in eighty days, and it was a kind of secret bar. So we didn't, you didn't really know where it was it. So I remember the first night going Mayfair, walking through this brutal lane. <laughs> where am I? <laughs> and then you find this beautiful, beautiful door outside. And when you go in, it just, it's, it's, you can't breathe anymore. It's like, and wow, the brand Mr. Fox is just, it's just amazing. What they created around Mr. Fox, it's, 
it's unbelievable. Uh, the recognition that you have of Mr. Fox even around the world, mm-hmm. uh, and that's probably about the market. Yes, even my mother way. said, so, "I want next time I'm in London, I want to come to that Mr. Fox. It yeah. looks so fantastic." Yeah, you know, is. really, yeah. every generation is learning about it and and was eager. So let's let's come on to Mr. Fox Tavern, so, where we are sitting yeah, right from, now. So from Mr. Fox, from Mr. Fox residence, I've been head bartender in there for for a year and a half, and then. They asked me to move to Cahoots, the one in Carnaby Street. We had a massive success, uh, success there. So I moved there as a bar manager, and then within a few months, I became the AGM. So after one year and a half of Cahoots, there was not much more to do for me. Um, I developed all the cocktail lists. I created one of the best bar team I ever had in my life. Uh, just never found these kind of passionate people uh, working so hard. And they asked me to come over to Mr. Fox Tavern and Mr. Fox Gin Parlor where we are now, mm-hmm. uh, so just a few months ago. Um, and it's been a real challenge for me. Uh, first of all, because it's, it's a building where you have two venues inside, which are completely different each other. They have the same theme and concept, but the type of clientele and the type of offer that we do are completely different. Uh, downstairs on the ground floor, Mr. Fox Tavern is uh, open, to, open to everyone. Uh, we have a lot of, lots of tourists coming over, some of them maybe more for the decors, uh, but as well for the offer that we do. We do a uh, unique selection of ales, we do grogs, we do punches. Uh, and I assume a lot of walk-by clients too, yeah. just people, tourists who are in the neighborhood. There are, t- there are tourists, there are offices after uh-huh. 5 p.m., you know. Um, we're starting receiving some locals as well. So it's, we're creating a very good environment. We are not just, we're not just a pub downstairs. Um, we are a tavern, first of all, but we want to be a vibe place. Uh, so we don't we don't want to see people sitting down in a corner drinking their beer, staying stay there for two hours. You know, when everyone is quiet, there is no music. If you come here on a Thursday, we do have live music. We have a Cockney Cockney sing-along uh, singer. Oh, uh-huh. His name is Tom Caradine, and it just brings this place alive. Uh, you see people, old people gathering together, singing together. And on a Friday and Saturday, we have a bit more loud music. So it's, it's a fun place. It's, it's turning into a, into a different kind of environment. And upstairs is Mr. Fox Gym Parlor. So basically, stay, staying on the theme and the concept is, it's about, so this place, it was belonging to Anger Trude. Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unfortunately, when uh, when she died and he found out, he decided to give the ground floor to Fanny McGee, who was the housekeeper of the house, and turn into a tavern with with pies, roasts, and upstairs we decided to keep as the the living room of uh, Anger Trude, who was a very eccentric woman. She was an actress and she loved uh, nightlife. She had quite a lot of. You say pointing to yeah, about po- po- pointing, 400 pointing uh, about gin 300, bottles. 300, 300 <laughs> gins. Um, she liked her. Uh, so gin, basically, right? the saloon mm-hmm. uh, it's the recreation of her living room. You mm. can you can find items. You can find uh, the outfit of Anger Trude, and the whole gin parlor. It's it's about gins. So. Well, let's uh, hope your your early training making Negronis have may have giving you a taste for gin. Maybe, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's about, it's about gin. So mm. what we do up here, it's, it's, a, 
it's a very good it's a good connection with uh, Mr. Fox residence. We go along the same standard of um, of quality of drinks, the same standard of service, uh, but we kind of we do a variance of the offer. Residence is more about cocktails around the world. Uh, here is more about gins around the world, uh, with signature cocktails. More, most of them based on gin. So let's talk about the gin. Yes. So say someone comes up here and wants a gin and tonic. I mean, with three hundred gins, where do you start? It's pretty hard. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the. It, it seems easy for us that we work in industry, but. There are just too many genes around. Uh, so, first of all, we created an encyclopedia of gin. So it's basically a gin manual mm-hmm. uh, where we have all the list of gin that you can see on the shelf, and we they are divided in categories. Um, so we have American genes, we have London dry genes, we have florals and aromatic genes, we have fruity genes. Um, so starting from there already, we kind of the customer already understand what type of gin is looking for. And then it's about to us. It's always, you know, the customer always wants the bartender recommendation. Of course. So they always trust the bartender more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always about to, uh, about us to, to, to pick their gin for them. Uh, we always give them a, a little taste. So we, we see if they like the flavor, first uh-huh. of all, if, they don't, if they're not sure. And then we recommend tonic waters. We have about seven different tonic waters. Uh, they're all different styles, some of them are dry, some of them are a bit more uh, sweet, um, some of them are aromatic, so contain maybe like the flower, maybe some Mediterranean flavor. Uh, so we always like to play around the gin, the tonic water and the garnish that we use. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what if someone comes in and says, you know, I don't really like gin, my friend brought me here, do you try and convert them? Uh, yeah, we, you know what, the... The concept of Inception Group, it's, um, it's about, there are many bars around London and in the world that they, they deliver a great service and a great cocktail, okay? But the missing part is always about the experience of the customer. So Inception Group always tries to close this circle, delivering these three things for a customer. And when a, when a customer comes to us and says, I don't really like gin, well, let's try. Let's give it a go. Let's let's live a different experience for you. So we always try to find jeans, uh, quite new jeans, so they come out on market probably in two years' time, that they are much easier to drink because they're maybe they're fruity or they contain some floral floral botanicals that before they never explored. Uh, so they're easier to drink and it's it's just easy to sell to a customer and they love it. And there are many people who are like, oh, I never tried gin, but this is amazing. I, I love guess it's it. easier to also um, make a cocktail with gin in it, and yeah. that could be a little easier for the first time gin drinker yeah. or the definitely cocktail the naysayer. Sells, you know, if uh-huh. you add a bit of fruits and a bit of uh, fruity fruity ingredients, it's always easier to to serve a gin. Basically, and in your cocktail creation. Um, I would assume that the history of Mr. Fogg and his Aunt Gertrude and Fanny come into play. Yeah. Can you maybe talk me through a little uh, bit of that? I mean... When you create for, for, new cocktails? Well, it's when... So there is always um, different people involved, involved in the menu. Um, so we have the, we have the bartenders who create the cocktails. But first of all, 
myself as a manager of the of, of the venue i always try to i always give them the idea and always the direction of where we need to what we need to achieve with with the cocktail or the cocktail list itself uh, so once we find the concept of our menu in terms of ingredients we move to the design team and the creative team where they basically build all the, the story and the names and they create they they make the concept even stronger okay uh, in this case for us as Mr. Fog Jim Parlor the concept and the theme that we want to create is about theater uh, first of all because Anger, uh, Anger Trude was was Such an actress a it was a famous actress yeah. second thing because the area the location we are surrounded by theaters um, so we decided to to create this this cocktail list which is based on is based on the theater and what is around the theaters so what people used to do before going to theater what people used to drink before going to theater what places they visit before go to a theater uh, how you know how do they get to a theater with a horse with a car we don't know. So it's about a bit, bit of studying as well. Uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting part as well. So studying history. Uh, you, go on, you go on website, you take old books and just read the ingredients that they use at that time. Um, and from there you create a menu. Uh, and as well, when, you know, when we talk about the experience of the customer, whenever we, we present a cocktail to a person, we always try to to find a connection between that cocktail or a particular ingredient with Aunt Gertrude or Mr. Fox. You know, Mr. Fox is easy, it's around the world, so we can talk about a gin from, from Mauritius and say, oh, Mr. Fox, you know, was in his there? travel around the world was there, he found this beautiful bottle, he decided to t- take back to London. Uh, so it's all about, it's all about making, making jokes as well. People love them, customers love them. Uh, and you, you make, the night of the customer memorable, so they will remember. They they might not remember the cocktails they had, but they will remember the story that the waiter told them, or the name of the waiter, or the little touch that we do whenever we approach a customer. So from the minute they walk from downstairs, you know there is a guy dressed up in a Victorian Victorian area wearing the bell to announce a, a guest coming up. We give them a telegram with their with their booking name on it. And then it's all about the music, the, the, the style of the, the, the staff, the way we dress up. It's all, it's all about that. It's all about the experience. And you couldn't have that experience anywhere but here in London? No, right here, here, I think it's uh-huh. the, that's the unique thing about London. Uh-huh. It's, there are many things that you don't think are possible, but I think London... <laughs> Everything is possible in London. It is, and getting a drink. So you've made me very thirsty. So let's go to the bar. <laughs> It was great to have Filippo with us today. Thank goodness for Aunt Gertrude and her forward-thinking nephew. Even if you don't know much about champagne, the name Tattinger conjures up all romantic visions of New Year's Eve in Paris. Champagne has been in Virginie Tattinger's family for more than 300 years, and now she has one of her own. Hear her story next week on Best Sips Worldwide. Until next time, bottoms up. For more information and links to everything you've heard about, plus a bit more, please visit bestbitsworldwide.com.
Thanks for listening to Best Sips Worldwide, a spin-off of Best Bits Worldwide. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar. <laughs>